Story Double One The Beast Master, written by Anya. Back in the early days, humans were weak. They were constantly in danger from everything around them, especially the fearsome meat eating beasts. They had to fight for survival, so what did humans do? Pausing for an answer, I took a swig of my herbal beer, absorbing the chatter of the interspecies bar. Aliens from all kinds of galaxies came here to get drunk, and the atmosphere was always lively. Garaklop was my newest drink companion, twirled the blade in his three fingers, shouting over the din. I'm guessing they made weapons. Well, that too, but worse. I slammed the mug down and I leaned over the table. They took one of the meat-eating beasts, and they tamed it. Wolves, they used to be called. Swift-footed animals with razor-sharp teeth and mangy fur. Now they're called pets, servants to the beast masters. Humans feed them the bones of their prey and coo as they crush hard skeletons with their teeth. It's adorable to them, seeing an act of pure savagery. That's bad, Garklop admitted. But anyone can force slaves to work for them. Stars above, we even did it with the Ferrums. And you've seen it do it the way they thought civilians. It's fun for them to hear us scream. In the end, we became their masters too. They were slaves, yes, but these pets were not. Those wolves I mentioned became humans' best friend. Remember, they adored their pets, and their pets adored them. When have we ever spoken kindly of the ferum? Never. But that just shows how weak the wolves must have been. I gulped down some beer. I'd need an inebriation for the next part of the story. Oh, that's only the start. But after they achieved FTL travel, they found and tamed Skullthrops. Garklop threw back his head and guffawed. It was a loud gurgling sound that made me flinch. Once he was finished, he looked at me with a wide grin. Come on, old man, I bought you that beer for a story from your life. Not a tale to scare infants. I promise you, this is all true. I've seen one. Garklop smirked. Do you even know what a Skullthrop is? They're twenty feet tall and ten armed. They got a chitin plating harder than a ship armor, and fangs so sharp that they slice through their own flesh when they feed. With just their wings, they'll fly faster than your thoughts can travel. I'd be surprised enough for a human, let alone you, to see a Skullthrop and live. But tame one, nobody here is drunk enough to believe that. I sighed. Trust me, it was tamed. The beastmaster had it on a leash, and he told me that it raised it since it hatched. Think about it. Skullthrops are highly attached to their hives, especially their hive mothers. Now, what if the hive mother was a human? I don't think Aldcrop heard my question because he was too busy cackling again and spilling his drink everywhere. That's the most ridiculous thing that I've heard. Oh, stars, how do you come up with these ideas? I should come here and drink more often. Tame Skullthrops, he says. His last words rang through the bar, which had suddenly fallen silent. Barkloff composed himself with a start and looked around. I put my beer down, and when I saw what everyone was looking at, I couldn't help but shudder. It was a human entering a bar bearing its yellow teeth, no human had come here before, but what were humans for if it was not for surprises? And this one was apparently no stranger to surprises, with one of them leashed to its side, a small ball of constantly deforming grey goo, clearly tamed as another pet, snugged along with the human, who seemed perfectly at ease with all the attention. Garklop was the first one to break the silence. This 
is the human you talked about. Now all eyes were on us, I shrank back a bit. Quiet, I hiss, don't attract attention. He's tiny. Garklock claimed, jumping to his feet. Where is his penis, his armor? And he only has four thin limbs. I saw my horrified stare in the bar as the other patrons, who were speechless, at Garklop stumbled over to the human. And what's that little blob? Garklop continued. It's even tinier than he is. He puffed himself up and he held his blade in the air. What is his so-called pack gonna do? Sink into the ground? The human had been watching with amusement this whole time, but finally spoke up, his voice ringing out through the bar. This time, all of us flinched. Daisy here does know how to sink, but uh, I much prefer the other command, I told her. Would you like a demonstration? Garklop stopped short, finally recognizing the malicious glint in the human's set of eyes. It was too late, though, and all we could do was watch. Come on, Daisy, see the stupid alien. Yes, good girl. The grey goo began contorting impossibly, and the slime flew everywhere, as it started rapidly expanding. Okay, Daisy. Fetch. The bar flew into chaos. It also ran, stomped, and slithered as a disorganized mob of aliens forced their way to the entrance and fled. The human paid no attention. His focus sorely on Garklop, who was quickly sobering up. It was this time that the bartender intervened to save the day. Hey, you all take this outside. I don't really want to clean up a fight. No offense, human. The human bared his teeth. What do you say, alien? Make your choice fast. Daisy wants a treat. Garklop, whose feelers were trooping, made a harsh gacking sound as he looked wildly around, mostly deserted bar. I, I, uh, no, you're just a human. You don't even have body armor. He puffed himself up and he turned around to the few remaining patrons. Three of them were watching with a close interest. One of them had fainted. He's just a human, a small and weak. We should show him what we think. Make sure that he doesn't come back. At this, Garklop threw his beer bottle to the ground, shattering it into several small pieces. Bartender made a sad little noise. Be say, kick him and his tiny, uh, moderately sized blob out of the door. The last statement was punctuated with a swing of his blade, which fell right into the path of some grey goo flying through the air. The viscous slime was now coating almost every surface near the human-sized blob, which was slowly making its way over. One of the remaining aliens, a seven-foot-tall, sporting a single monstrous arm, bulging muscles, stood up, flexed, and scowled. Daisy shifted in the alien's direction, but a quick, Daisy, stay, from the human, and it stopped her movement. This fight is between you and the human. Thanks for the drinks, bartender. But I'm out. He respectfully nodded his head and left through the door. Another alien, a violet-scaled being with sparks dancing between her fingers, stood up, and wordlessly followed. By now, the grey goo was much larger than the human and had absorbed two chairs in her path. Garklop visibly wilted and looked to the last alien left, a humanoid steel construct that made occasional whirring noises. I am staying, it beeped. Garklop's feelers straightened in excitement and he opened his mouth. The last alien spoke again. I wish to document the new daisy species, if that is fine with the human. Sure, the human said. Just stay far away. Affirmative. Garklop turned to the bartender, pleading, On man, he's trashing your bar. Do something. It was at that point that uh, Daisy let out a ding. Or more accurately, her leash stood. Thanks to whatever technology it was made from, it had stretched to hold onto the gigantic blob that was now five times as large as the human. 
with multiple tables and chairs floating around inside it. If the bar were any smaller, the roof of the floor would have caved in. Thankfully, something in the leash stopped the goo from growing any further, and the human took out a bottle of bubbly-grade liquid next to the blob. He patted his pet and said, Good girl, Daisy, as he pressed the bottle without its cap into the blob, which immediately began to absorb it. The goo let out a strange, gurgling coo of pleasure as the bubbling grey liquid flowed into it. The bartender stared at the sight in amazement. He then shook his head sadly, grabbed a drink, and walked through the back door. It closed behind him with a slam. The sound choked me out of my reverie. It was just now the crowded, spacious bar had emptied out faster than you could Zolfan Nambadon. Truth be told, the humans fascinated me almost as much as they confused and disgusted me. This whole scene was thrilling me on some weird level, but the fascination was nothing compared to the chilling terror I felt. I gingerly stood up to make my escape. The humans seemed to notice me for the first time. I was almost paralyzed by fear at those predatory eyes turned to me, and every nerve in my body screamed for me to hide from its attention. Would you like to leave too? I managed a tiny nod. Go ahead, alien. I shakily stepped forward, ignoring Gorklop's pleas. I had barely gone a tail's length before I stepped into a pool of goo, which immediately stuck to my foot. The goo was spilling out over the entire bar. Even the blob itself didn't reach all the way across. If I were younger, I would have made a mad dash for it anyway. But at my age, I sensibly chose to extricate my foot, retrace my steps, and leave through the back door instead. It was locked. I turned around slowly, and the human must have seen the horror on my face because he let out a sharp laugh. I pressed myself against the door and cowered. He gestured. I have no qualm with you. Join the robot if you want. You'll be safe there. I did, as he ordered, horribly making my way over to the table near the robot, who watched me with a passive interest. Trembling from fright, I pulled out a chair and sank down. The human bared its teeth. Now, where were we? Gorklop's feelers were quivering noticeably, but he stood proud with his small blade, even as he backed up against the bar counter. Your bat does not scare me. It's just slime. I eat slime for dessert. He was rambling at this point. I could step around it and slice you in half. Oh, your pet will turn on you. You can't tame a slime, just like you can't tame a skullthrop. You can't. The human raised a hand, interrupting him. You call us beastmasters for a reason, you know. It's because we tame beasts. Now, Daisy, huh? He said with an affectionate pet. Daisy might be a beast, but she's also my pet, and she's as loyal to me as I am to her. Us humans were kind masters, not slavers like your species. And if you aren't fully convinced yet, I'm sure Daisy will change your mind. Go on then, Daisy. Fetch. Daisy stretched back, flattening and twisting herself, but otherwise staying in place. Garklop lowered his blade in confusion. Hey, Beastmaster, I think your pet's broken or something. There was a crash as Daisy contracted in a flash. The movement launched her across the bar in an impossibly fast blur of motion. And before Garklop could shout, she had engulfed him completely, splattering grey goo everywhere. I ducked to avoid the flying goo, but some of it still plopped onto my face. It felt strangely warm and sticky, and I hurriedly tried to wipe it off, fighting the sudden feeling of nausea. When I looked back at Daisy, I saw the human cooing and feeding her another bottle of liquid. Inside her translucent grey form, Garklop floated silently, mouth open in shock and fully immersed, still clutching his blade in death. The fight was already over. 
I threw up, I couldn't help it, but I was already drunk and terrified, and the sight of Garclop's body, it was too much. I heaved until I couldn't, then I heaved again. The alien near me gave a tittering, peeping sound as the human laughed again. I was too lightheaded to notice. Remember this. We're the beast masters of the universe. We tame your worst nightmares and your scariest bedtime stories. Don't cross us. You won't like it. Yada, yada, yada. He yawned and snapped his fingers. All right, Daisy, that's enough. Sink. With a final gurgle, Daisy sank into the ground. I could only watch in horror as the pool of grey goo expanded onto the ground around her and across the bar, much of it leaking out into the front door and into the street. Within moments, Daisy had shrunk to half her size, then less, releasing the sticky chairs and tables that clattered into place. Marklop's bottom half was exposed first, then finally his head was free and his grey goo corpse thudded into the ground, his blade falling from his hands at last. Seeing my newest shrinking buddy was on the ground made me feel sick all over. I closed my eyes and took a deep breath. I thought of happy memories just as I opened my eyes again and started to exhale. Garklop groaned and opened his eyes. Ah, what in the stars happened? I couldn't help it. I really couldn't. With a grunt, I fell back and fainted, my mind consumed by blissful sleep. End of story number one.